The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is, uh, well, she was here about a year ago when her book first came out, but she's uh, agreed to uh, join us again this morning to talk about uh, what the treatment of animals will be like under the post-COVID new normal, um, I think, is uh, what we're going to get into with the founder of PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, Ingrid Newkirk. Ingrid, welcome back. It's great to have you back on the show. Thanks, Tom. And I'm delighted that the book you had me on before, Animal Kind, has just come out in paperback. I'm looking at it right now as we speak. Um, It's uh, Animal Kind, Remarkable Discoveries About Animals and Revolutionary New Ways to Show Them Compassion. Um, But I mentioned, and we talked for a minute before we uh, went on the air, about uh, the last time you were here, which was just just before everybody got shut down and and, uh, um, encouraged to shelter at home and... and, uh, you know, to social distance and all of that. And so for all intents and purposes, most of us have been on lockdown or quarantine for the better part of a year. Um, what what has that like been like for you? You were touring with a new book uh, a year ago. Yes, the plug was pulled out on that. Um, I, I In fact, I, I look back and I think, how did I do it? Because every week I was on one, two, three, four, five planes going to different cities, and suddenly it all came to a grinding halt. I've been doing a lot of work online, and of course Zoom, which is everybody's new existence, has taken over my life. 
but with the new paperback coming out, then I'm going back on to doing shows, and I can do those from my desk. So that's pretty pretty neat. It well, it's it's uh, it's pretty amazing. But one of the things people keep talking about, and you know, now that there are vaccines out there and people are starting to get uh, vaccinated uh, against uh, COVID nineteen people are beginning to look forward at what's been called for the last year the new normal whatever that's going to be i don't think anybody knows exactly what it's going to be but um will will that change uh will there be a new normal for for you and and for peta and other people that are concerned about uh, animal kind yeah absolutely tom i think so um and it depends of course how much impact it has on us as human beings and how much impact it has on the animals. Domestically, it has been a godsend for dogs and cats who used to sit with their legs crossed, dying to go outside, staring at the wall all day with no real life, waiting for people to come home from work so that they could get a quick trot around the block. Uh, That's all changed because they've had people at home, they've had more walks, They've had more leisurely walks in many cases with people not hurrying, uh, not being driven, you know, the so-called rat race. And so that's been grand for them. Um, They've had more attention paid to them. And people have seen more um, about who animals are. They've observed what they're thinking, what they're doing, what they want. And that's been very beneficial. Uh, I think it's going to be a terrible crunch if people are so selfish that some of those who adopted or fostered animals because they were suddenly home and had the time and could take an animal out of the shelter. And wanted the company. Yeah, they wanted the company. But, you know, for that animal, they think they're in a new home with a family and it's secure and it's forever. So if there's a sudden jolt, and we are beginning to see that with animals being turned back into the shelters. Really? What a horrible jolt that is for them. It's their whole life being turned upside down again. So hopefully more businesses as they open will allow people to bring their dogs to work. We do at Peter always have. You can bring your baby or you can bring your dog as long as they're not too much of a distraction and um, they're not aggressive. Most babies are not aggressive. but, yeah, for domestic animals, it's been grand. We hope that there are modifications. We hope people won't give them back. And we hope people will have learned a lot about who animals are at home. Yeah, and, and I think that's probably true. I, I know I've, I've seen a lot of funny uh, uh, stories online about, you know, people having uh, Zoom meetings go haywire because their, their cat jumps up in front of the screen or... Uh, you know, they have a dog barking in the room and the kids are demanding yep. attention. But people have sort of gotten that under control. And um, a lot of people are suggesting that, that people who have been pretty successful working from home may continue to do that. That would be a good thing, wouldn't it? It would be. And, you know, I think having a cat or a dog enter your Zoom conference call, I don't care if you're with NASA or the United Nations or what you're with, it brings a smile to people's faces. And it, I hate to use the word humanizes, but it gives a personality, if you will. Uh, it, 
it, it takes it away from um, being very serious. It, it lightens things up. It makes us be more real. Uh, so I'm not worried about that. But yes, uh, definitely offices are closing. They're not going to reopen. Uh, they're being put on the market. Uh, people are thinking about having smaller offices. We've closed our Berkeley office. We're thinking of downsizing considerably in Los Angeles, where we have a very large office. Um, and if, again, if people are going back to the office, unless it would cause a disturbance, please try ask your boss to accommodate that dog who otherwise is going back into solitary confinement staring at the wall. Don't want that. Now, when you start closing down offices or even downsizing in some cases, what does that do to the work you do? Are you able to continue to advocate on behalf of uh, uh, animals and, and fight animal cruelty um, by Zoom? <laughs> I, oh, don't, yeah. I don't mean to be so <laughs> yeah. facetious about it, Ingrid, but, uh, you know, we're all trying to figure out how to, you know, Zoom the world. It, yes, and luckily it's not only Zoom. And even when you're practicing social distancing, we can do one of our stalwart things, which is demonstrate. We have had bicycle demonstrations. We have demonstrated in our cars, um, especially against animal experiments, because those are going on secretly. If you talk about solitary confinement and having no life, my God, the animals in laboratories who are stuck in stainless steel cages all day, dreading the door opening and knowing if someone comes inside, something horrible will happen to them. I mean, we've been protesting those in our cars. Uh, we've had honkins. But when um, the, the pandemic first started and slaughterhouse workers were getting sick and some slaughterhouse workers died, and their families were being infected, and yet they were declared essential. Meat is never essential, but they were, and so they were forced to go to work, and they were saying, we are endangered, we're not being given proper masks, there is no social distancing in a slaughterhouse, and the, if you will, the blood and the what have you splatters on us, and it's now been shown, of course, that frozen meat can hold the virus for, for weeks. Um, we went outside the slaughterhouses. Sometimes it was one person with a sign. Sometimes it was a grim reaper on one side of the slaughterhouse and a grim reaper on the other side saying, close the slaughterhouses, you know, go vegan, protect the workers, uh, save the animals, that kind of thing. So we found ways to demonstrate even in lockdown. And, of course, we are very busy uh, online. We have a huge youth presence at peter.org, and we have, we're in schools virtually, and we have a virtual animatronic dolphin um, to replace the animals in places like SeaWorld, which unfortunately has decided to open up somewhat, even though it can't breed the animals, luckily. You know, there's been all this uh, celebration and hoopla over the, the um, rapid development of vaccines to deal with COVID-19. And it's been called warp speed and, and all of that. I hadn't really thought about it till you mentioned uh, uh, something about uh, testing labs a moment ago. And and I, I'm I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on this uh, this race to a, a vaccine and what that's been like uh, for animals. 
there's good and bad, Tom. It's a fabulous question because on one hand, you know, we have 19 scientists on staff and while they can't go to conferences, they're sending in papers electronically and they're talking to each other and they're talking to agencies. And for years, we've been saying modernize vaccine production. It's one of the many things where there is state-of-the-art methodologies that can replace the use of animals. I mean, animals have been poisoned with everything and tested on everything since time immemorial. But we've moved on. It's 2021. So what happened with the vaccine production is there was so much demand for it, produce it quickly, produce it quickly, that somebody actually said, well, you know, we don't have to test this on mice for four years and then beagles for two years and then monkeys for three years, which is the sort of thing that happens in the production of any new medicine. And then they put it in the human and find it doesn't work. We have technology now, so we can skip all those steps. Because in the end, 95% of things tested on animals do not work in human beings. And we're missing some of the best things that would work on us that don't work in animals. So uh, NIH, FDA, CDC, they all looked at it and they said, you know, these are steps we don't have to take anymore in this day and age. And so these things came on the market having been tested in vitro, in the laboratory, um, with human cells, with all things that are relevant to human experience, with high-speed computers programmed with human data, came out without being tested on animals, which would have hindered them. We wouldn't have the vaccines, and we wouldn't have been any safer, that's for sure. Unfortunately, on the negative side, you know, like everything else, people see a hole in the market and see a funding opportunity. So we've had all these monkey experimenters think, ooh, I can put in for a grant with the National Institutes of Health and get a bunch of money and start testing various COVID things on monkeys. And that's what's happened, is a lot of people have emerged saying, I'll take some money and try such and such on on monkeys. And those days should be gone. But people saw a funding opportunity, and they seized it. Are are those uh, those days and and those procedures... um What's the word? Um, are are they reducing? Are they are they going away a little bit at a time? And and if so, and and you said a lot of the development of the new vaccines was done without the extensive animal testing that has historically been done. Um, do you get the sense that that there's that your work? is working, that these uh, these organizations and these researchers are um, beginning to take advantage of new technologies um, to save time, or are they coming around to the notion that animal testing is cruel? Well, I'm not sure that, uh, that animal experimenters, because that's what they learned in college, that's where they have had their career, that's what their mortgage is paid with, uh, are really going to change. They would have to change their whole education. But companies, for example, and federal agencies, for example, are changing. And some of them are changing really rapidly. More with the president and founder of PETA, Ingrid Newkirk, 
straight ahead. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More with the president and founder of PETA, Ingrid Newkirk, straight ahead. I mentioned we have 19 scientists on staff. We help fund things, like, for example, horses have been used for decades to make antitoxins. So if you're bitten by a snake or a spider or something and you need an antivenom, a lot of them are produced in horses who have been injected with that stuff, have suffered terribly, and in the end, most of them just die where they stand. We now have come up with a synthetic test, a synthetic antitoxin, and it's taken us three years to develop, but we decided to develop it through our scientific um, laboratory system, and we have, and that's going to be used. We've also worked with the Food and Drug Administration and the EPA. And the Environmental Protection Agency has said they are going to move away from animal tests. They're going to move to state-of-the-art tests for toxins, poisons. Um, So that'll be the end of monkeys, rats, dogs, the whole shebang, maybe within about four years for any toxins. That's a revolutionary kind of thing. And with companies, we've worked with Pfizer and all manner of, of, of other companies to get rid of a test they were doing for years. They hadn't stopped to think about it, really. It was called, the, it is called the forced swim test. It's so ridiculous, but it's, <laughs> it's indicative of the kinds of things that still go on. Little animals dropped into beakers of water with sheer sides, swimming for their life, unable to get out, thinking they're going to drown, and I've no doubt some did, and even diving to the bottom of the beaker looking for a way out. And they swim them to exhaustion and then just chart how long it took them to stop swimming and try to stay afloat. Um, We've said to pharmaceutical companies, why are you using this? It was an old test for, believe this or not, antidepressants. And they said, well, uh, okay then, yeah, it doesn't seem to get us anywhere. So we've knocked that out. So horse diphtheria we've taken on, uh, the horse swim test. We're now looking at tests in psychology that are costing the taxpayer millions and millions and millions of dollars a year that consist of brain-damaging primates taking babies away from their mothers shocking them with rubber spiders and snakes in small cages and recording their fear, cutting them open and seeing if that causes any brain uh, changes. What on earth is going on? You know, it's not only unethical, it's not only cruel, but it's rubbish. And so we keep exposing these things and changing them, and we are changing a lot. And I think technology is our friend We have organs on a chip now. We have 3D imaging. We have whole human DNA on the Internet. What are we doing sticking chemicals down animals' throats, keeping them in small barren cages for their life, and then killing them and dissecting them? This has to stop. The the scientists that uh, are employed with with PETA, is is their role primarily to, well... uh, is their role are their roles rather to interpret the the procedures that are being done or are they doing research and trying to 
show the world of science how things can be done differently? Well, Tom, that's a great question. Most of them are specialists. We have oncologists, biologists, the, the works. And so they specialize in their own fields looking for experiments that can be modernized. And so then they will give uh, recommendations to agencies. They will actually look for the alternatives. They will critique existing animal experiments to show the flaws in them. And then they will suggest what else can be done. And usually far quicker than an animal experiment, because most animal experiments take years um, of suffering and stuck in the cage and all that kind of thing to get a result that you can't necessarily apply to your own species. So the, the scientists are working with agencies. They're working with others in their field. They're giving seminars on what you can do differently, um, and they're working with companies to make them more cost-effective and more efficient. And all that means the end of animal experiments, small ones, big ones, uh, even policies within agencies. So they're busy. They actually have a film out, some of them. Three of our uh, scientists have a film out called Research Subjects. If someone wants to look for it online, Research Subjects. And it's about how they, each one of them, was forced to experiment on animals as they got their PhD, which is the standard operating procedure in academia, is that PhD students are told you must use animals. And one of them said she counted how many animals that she was, she, she protested, they all protested, but they said you won't get your PhD unless you do. She used over 200 animals. And she kept a chart. And as she was getting rid of animal experiments on the outside as a scientist, when she reached the I've saved 200 animals, which probably wasn't very long after she came to work for us, she had a celebration because she thought, at least now I've saved as many as I killed. That's fascinating. Are there things we can learn from animals without being cruel? Oh, yes. I mean, I tried to do uh, what I could to open people's eyes to that in Animal Kind, the book. Um, I try to make the point there is no us and there is no them. We're just all living beings with with thoughts and feelings and desires. We all want something. None of us wishes to be chained up in the winter in a backyard somewhere, as many dogs are. We don't want to have a yoke on our backs and pull heavy carts as donkeys and, and bulls do and others in other countries. We don't want to be stuck in a metal box, a cage, being worried about what... We share all these things. It's the fact that we discriminate because we grew up being taught, even subconsciously, that those others aren't as important, don't count, are here for us to use. And if you look back in history, we have done some hideously embarrassing, if nothing else, supremacist things to other races, other religions, uh, you know, women have been mistreated and and, and people thought, oh, you're too stupid to vote. Or if your husband wishes to rape you, that's his, his prerogative. You can't own property. All these things that we have done, just because we grew up thinking that was okay, we need to shake that off because animals are, the other animals, are extraordinary. 
in the manner in which they conduct themselves. They communicate with each other. They figure things out. Tom, there is a, a video I saw on the Internet yesterday of a herd of cows. They're being kept on a beef farm, which you know what that means in the end. And they've got electric fences. There are two strands of electric wire between posts. And the cows gather there, and they've been shocked. They know they can't go through it. And one cow takes her mouth, and she puts it on the rubber insulating part of that fence. And then she pulls it forward, so towards her, so that it comes loose. And she pulls it up, because she's seen the farmer do that, obviously, and relieves the tension in the wire, and then lets go so it snaps back. And that wire is gone, and she does the same with the wire underneath. It takes such ingenuity, observational uh, talent, and intelligence, and she frees them all, and they all walk out from the fence. She's, she's done it. She risked being electric shocked, but she figured out you have to hold the rubber insulator. And it was just, you know, we, we just don't, we shortchange them. We, we don't give them the credit because we don't often see what they're up to. We've lost the wild. We don't have the naturalists we used to do. There are people who used to walk in the countryside and observe. Um, it, it's just we, we short sell them. In your book, um, Animal Kind, there, there are two sections, one that's about discoveries about animals, but the other one really focuses on new ways to show animals compassion in the areas when we've been talking about scientific research. But you you look at scientific research, clothing, entertainment, and food. And I thought we'd talk about a couple of these other things. Has Have we gotten away from this idea of wearing animal skins? Well, in part, we absolutely have. I mean... And and that's largely due to the work of PETA, I would have to say. <laughs> well, in part, yes. Uh, but I think also consumers are waking up to the fact, especially young people, they don't understand why they have to dress like survivalists, you know, that they would wear animals' hide and fur and feathers and so on. I mean, we've moved on. Uh, and, and in many times we have moved on. Retailers, designers, consumers are looking for something else that's less harmful to animals or not harmful at all to them. Uh, I was going to say, you know, we did this undercover investigation in China of the Angora rabbit fur industry, where they tie the rabbits down, stretch them out, and they're alive, and they just pull their hair. Can you imagine? Just pull their hair out of their bodies. And, of course, rabbits, like pigs, scream when they're in pain. People saw that. We took it to corporate boardrooms. We sent it over the Internet to uh, buyers at retail stores, and they said, not having Angora fur anymore. That's out. So we've decimated that market. We then moved on. We showed. People think wool is benign. And we showed that, no, they punch the sheep in the face, and they bang their heads on the wooden floor, and they kick them down the ramp, and they cut them to shreds sometimes. So people thought, well, why do I need wool? We've got these fabulous new materials and old materials like hemp. Hemp has come back. You'll find that in clothing. But we've got lighter weight, um, just cheaper, long-lasting, fabulous things like uh, uh, 
these fillers for jackets. You don't need feathers. You don't need to kill geese and stuff their feathers in your winter jacket. You don't need a coyote collar on your jacket. You know, we've got everything you could imagine from apple leather, pineapple leather. You don't even realize sometimes if you're looking at a garment or a bag, unless you look at the label and you see, oh, this is grape leather or something like that. So we can recycle ocean plastics and it's being done and make them into fabulous uh, things, fashion and what have you, and practical things too. So yes, the clothing industry, um, the accessories industries are all changing and it's up to consumers to say, that's what I want. I'm not going to buy that other stuff. I am not a survivalist. What about the world of, uh, of entertainment? And I'm a little embarrassed to admit to you that when I was a kid, <laughs> one of my favorite things, um, actually a couple of my favorite things, were to go to the zoo and see the uh, the shows they would put on with um, chimpanzees and and going to the circus to see elephants and big cats. And and those things are, are being phased out now. Oh, yes. Yeah. And Tom, I'm with you. I mean, when I was a child, it's, it's not quite the same now. But when I was a child, you'd, you'd, you'd be mesmerized by elephants standing on their heads and uh, somebody, you know, riding uh, a camel around the ring and so on. We didn't know. The chimpanzees no riding idea. bicycles, that, that got me every time. And, and yeah. you know, it, it, it feels silly now at my age to think of, of what joy I got from those things. Um, but are there ways to enjoy animals and to have animals for entertainment without, you know, being cruel to the animals? Well, you've got to be careful. I mean, part of that, the joy that we got from seeing chimpanzees wearing clothes and whatever, riding a bike, was because we didn't know that they were babies. They were taken from their mothers who loved them, and they loved their mothers, and they were taken away. You can't use an adult chimpanzee. They're too strong. And, of course, that means they're thrown out when they get too big. Um, and how they're trained with electric shock, and sometimes their incisors are taken out and so on. We didn't know any of that, so it was just a jolly time for us. But now we've woken up. And we we just thought animals were being playful. Yes, exactly. But now we've we've seen National Geographic specials, perhaps, or we've looked on the Internet, and we found out that it's not like that at all. It's so exploitive and cruel. But yes, luckily we've got virtual reality things now where you can interact with animals in the deep sea. Um, you can be in the jungle with animals, and you're not interfering with them at all. You know, we have webcams. There's a fabulous elephant sanctuary in tennessee it's easy to remember the name it's called the elephant sanctuary they have a <laughs> webcam <laughs> and you can see the elephants they've rescued from circuses and so on traveling acts including this old wonderful elephant called nosy who was so abused for years um they're wandering around they're free they don't have a man with a a sharp fireplace poker in in one hand prodding them and and, and hooking them, they're out wandering, they're interacting, they're rumbling, they're purring, they're trumpeting, they're bathing in streams. It's, it's just, we have virtual reality, we have webcams, we have animatronics. And you know, in film, 
and TV, we have computer-generated imagery. So you see um, a wild dog, a wolf. You see a bear coming, crashing through the... It's all computer-generated. And chimpanzees, we've got a wonderful video about chimpanzees, all computer-generated of, of, of them, and you wouldn't know the difference. The difference, of course, to the animals is huge. Never ride an elephant, never go to SeaWorld, never be photographed with a parrot on your shoulder. It all feeds an industry that needs to go away. I, I once uh, had a picture taken with an animal handler that, that had uh, an American bald eagle. And I was terrified. The thing was huge. And it was fascinating to be up that up close. Um, but this was somebody who worked with a sanctuary. It was not you know, part of a traveling show or anything. Um, yeah. In in any event, unfortunately, Ingrid, we're we're just about out of time. As always, when I talk with you, the time goes so fast, and there's so much more we could talk about. But as you know, um, I always want to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we been talking about obviously ingrid's new book uh well it's her new old book um it's uh, animal kind which is out in paperback now uh the remarkable discoveries about animals and revolutionary new ways to show them compassion and obviously the book is uh is a great look at all of the things that we've been talking about but are, are there's some other resources that you've been talking about some things that that you've seen online but are there some specific websites that uh that you could recommend to people and and uh, what's peter's website Yes, thanks, Tom. Well, I think it's one-stop shopping with our website because we try to be comprehensive. It's peter.org, O-R-G. And if you want recipes for uh, animal-friendly, meaning vegan foods, if you want tips, we even have mentors. We have alternatives to dissection. We tell you which companies you can complain to if they're still using animals to test things. And, of course, we have lists of cruelty-free cosmetics, vegan clothing, um, pretty much anything, and lots of information about what's happening today with animals, fun things, serious things. Um, it should all be there, and you can ask any question you like, and we will help you. Well, Ingrid, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate the time that you spent with me this morning. It's been a delight, as always, and uh, I, w I wish you all the best. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Tom. All the best to you. Take care. That was Ingrid Newkirk. She is the uh, president and founder of PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, since, uh, well, back in 1980 when it first began. And uh, her book is called Animal Kind, Remarkable Discoveries About Animals and Revolutionary New Ways to Show Them Compassion. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight <laughs> my hands I don't touch my face I stay at home shelter in place social distance 
gloves and stay away from church. I avoid old folks and should I sneeze, I do it in my elbow or up my sleeve. Six feet apart. can go back to school I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD I've watched Hulu Roku, Netflix PBS and the BBC I've taken down all my mirrors and I'm sick of what I see of quarantine will be the death of me the death of me I risk a trip to the grocery store to buy a TV and a few things more but when I get there all I can find Sixteen honey buns and some mad dog wine. I'm washing my hands like a raccoon with OCD. I've watched Hulu, Roku, Netflix, PBS, and the BBC. I've taken down all my mirrors because I'm sick of what I see. So this quarantine's gonna be the death of me. The death of me. You know, they say this is war. But we don't have to storm Omaha Beach or Pork Chop Hill. And we just lay here on the couch and watch TV. Whew, I'd rather volunteer for a high-risk commando raid to parachute into Wuhan and find that little fellow that ordered that bad soup. I know I'm talking out of my head, saying crazy stuff over and over like, yes, dear, yes, dear. At breakfast, I meant to say, honey, please pass me the pepper. Well, what slipped out was, you crazy woman, you've ruined my life. <laughs> of course, I immediately apologized as <laughs> soon as I regained consciousness. Darkwing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. 
While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and Start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. 
This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. This has happened to me, I bet, four or five times, and I'm sure it's happened to most of you. You're invited to someone's house you haven't seen for some time, and they have a dog. They have a large, vicious dog, you see. But they've had this dog since it was a puppy, and they're very proud of it, and they're completely unaware of the fact that it's now a large, vicious dog, you see. And uh, you're kind of on the horns of a dilemma, because you don't know, uh, you know, you don't want to offend the guy by appearing ill at ease, and at the same time, you don't want to get eaten alive by this large monster, see. So you're invited to the guy's house, and usually it, it winds up the evening going uh, something like this. Oh, gee, this is a real nice place you got out here, Harry. Gee, I love this, love this chair. Modern, isn't it? Yeah. It uh, seems kind of lonely out here, you know. There aren't too many houses around. I imagine it gets kind of lonely at night, doesn't it? Oh, you, you have a dog, do you? Oh, sure, I'd, I'd love to see him. Uh, where is he? In? in the backyard? Sure, let him in. Oh, yeah. fella. Hi. Hi, boy. Boy, he's uh, a lot heavier than he looks, isn't he, Harry? <laughs> well, he, well, he can keep you pinned to the chair like that with just his two front paws. <laughs> you, uh, you just beat him, did you, Harry? Uh, uh-huh. What'd you get, Mary? L- liver. Yeah. I, I thought that's what it was, Harry. He starts to bother me, just cuff him behind the ear. I sure will, Harry. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what, uh, what, what kind of dog is he, Harry? Do- Doberman, is, is that right? <laughs> See, they, they make great watchdogs, don't they? Ne- nearly tore the burglar to pieces before you could get him off. <laughs> Hi there, fella. Hi, boy. <laughs> boy, you're a pretty dog. <laughs> what, I, what I like a what, Harry? A drink. Yeah, a drink would be fine, Harry. Uh, scotch and water. Uh, you aren't going to have to leave the room, are you, Harry? <laughs> Harry! Harry! Hi, hi there, fella. Hi. Hi, boy. I don't suppose you want to get down, boy, do you? Just, just stay like this. You want to play a little game, boy? Want to chase the fountain pen, boy? Chase, chase the fountain pen, boy. Here you go, boy. Boy, you're a fast little dog, aren't you? Want to give me back the fountain pen, boy? Don't, don't want to give me back the pen, huh, boy? Chew it up good. That's the way, boy. Swallow it, boy. Maybe it'll stick in your... Hi, Harry. Yeah, yeah, we're getting, we're getting along just fine. No, no, he doesn't bother me at all. Oh, all right. Well, if you want to tell him to get down. Hi there, fella. Hi, boy. Oh, he sure looks harmless just laying there on the floor, didn't he? Yeah, he, he chewed my fountain pen, Harry. Uh, kind of looks like a chow there with that blue tongue, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, oh, my drink, yeah. What, what, what'd I do, Harry? Any, any sudden movements, is, is that right? 
He, he was trained that way, was he? Uh, where'd you get him from, Harry? The army. <laughs> Who's army, Harry? Why'd they let him go, Harry? Don't, don't tell me what he did to the general, Harry, would you? Uh, it, it was the general's fault, though. Uh, he, he acted afraid of the dog, did he? Uh, and, and they can sense that, is, is that right? Uh, just just appear, appear at ease on that. That'll make him relax. Uh, that, 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 that sure makes a lot of sense, Harry. Or you just... Uh, Cross your legs or, or say, a little too sudden was that, Harry? Let go, Mike. Let go, Mike. <laughs> oh, no, no. Don't be silly. <laughs> no, the suit's almost a month old, Harry. Don't be silly. <laughs> no, he, he, he hardly, hardly broke the skin, Harry. <laughs> uh, would I like to see him what? Do his trick. What's, what's his trick, Harry? Roll over. Play dead, maybe, Harry? No. Make, make my hand into a fist and act like I'm going to attack you. <laughs> I, I believe you, Harry. I believe hey, Listen, Harry, I've got to be going. I, I, no, no, I don't need any more eyes, Harry. Harry, don't, don't take... I, I, don't, I don't need any... Harry. Hi there, fella. Hi, boy. <laughs> What, what, are you, what are you growling at, boy? The gumdrops? You want, you want some of the gumdrops, boy? Hey, hey. Boy, you don't even chew it, do you, fella? <laughs> you want, want some more gumdrops, boy, do you? More, more gumdrops, fella. Yeah, hi, Harry. Oh, we're getting along fine now. We're real pals. Huh? Well, he, he sure loves those gumdrops, doesn't he? Uh, only, only trouble is, when they're all gone, he doesn't understand. <laughs> they're, they're almost gone now, Harry. You, you want to you fill the dish up with some more gumdrops? You, you don't have any more gumdrops. It's the last one, boy, all gone. Last... Last one. Let go, boy. Boy, let go. Where's he dragging me, Harry? Harry, get some more gumdrops. Harry! Harry! This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Got you figured out. 
Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 